You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Checkity, check, 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 check. Checkity, check, 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 check. Josh Durno, welcome to Fox on the Wire. Thank you very much. I'm Craig. I'm stoked that we get to do this in person. Yeah, I know. Yeah. When we uh, we talked about it and it was going to be via Skype. Yeah, yeah, true. Skype and that. It's interesting. Skype works really well when it works. Yeah. Much preferred in person. So mm. I'm glad you're here. All Thank the way you. from Tasmania, Hobart, Tasmania. Yeah, we get on a plane, we get buffeted around by the wind and then we land. Yeah. <laughs> Across the Bass Strait. Yeah, and it's funny because those things uh, don't fly very high. You probably are levelling out for about 10 to 15 minutes and then you begin your descent. So you're never that high to begin with, which means that you cop anything and everything. It's a nice quick flight, but it it has been a bit bumpy on occasions when I've taken that flight. Yeah, well, it's bumpy when I take the flight too. Yeah. You know, when you see it blowing a go and then the boarding call and I'm thinking I've got to fly in this, mm. you know, but oh, it's all over in an hour. <laughs> are, you a good, are you good at flying? No. Do you like flying? No. No, I'm not. I, and it, it, I'm getting worse, yep. I think, with that. I don't know. I'm starting to develop some old man ways. <laughs> you know, old, I don't like flying. What else? Uh, I don't like it when there's a long queue at the checkout, you yep. know. It's kind of... And turning into a grumpy old man quicker, maybe. Yeah, and drinking lots of tea. Usually it's coffee, but yeah, in this case, drinking a fair bit of tea. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, and um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, glad to have Josh in the house, in my house tonight. So, yeah, it's nice here. Yeah, glad you could make it down, and welcome to Melbourne, and it's crazy weather. Yeah, um, I'd rather rain than fire or yes. smoke. So when you got here last week, I'm pretty sure that was a really smoky day. Yep. And did you have a like a, a face mask on when you got here? I had this kindy kind of uh, paisley thing that can be a headband or it can be over your face. And I chose to have it over my face because having it over my face, of course, theoretically, I guess, makes it a bit easy. I don't know how that stops all kind of particulates and smoke from entering your lungs, but mm. I put it over my face and hope for the best. And then later that same day, what were you wearing? I was wearing a really awful poncho that I got in an easy mart. Because it was pissing down rain. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Like, And I put it on and just I'm thinking, I need a poncho. I wasn't expecting this. Yep. But I, it didn't just rain. It like, really rain. Yes. Like, realising the proverb, it doesn't rain, it pours. Mm. Yep. Um, and daylight saving kind of finished in that little short period. Mm. It got really dark really quickly and it rained and rained and it flooded everywhere. And my shoes were soaking wet. Yep. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I'm glad you could uh, experience Melbourne and all its craziness. Well, yeah, but... Um, it's not that unfamiliar to you, though. No, it's not. I've been coming here pretty regularly for the last decade mm. for whatever purpose or reason. But yep. um, I will say, though, that, you know, you speak of Melbourne weather. I mean, it's not foreign to us mm. either. You know, yep. we cop it. Yeah, you've had uh, some fires down in Tassie too, I think, or that was close lo- to. 
Yeah, we did have um, just before the new year, we had a 40-degree day and um, the Tasmanian record was broken in a place like Friendly Beaches. It got 43. Mm-hmm. And Tassie is, yeah, pretty much like a tinderbox. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of rural farmland and stuff like that too. So we were warned overnight. Um, where I live in Campania had a forest fire danger index of 82. And I thought, yeah, right, I might move out for the night. Yeah. <laughs> Stay at my folks' place. and But luckily nothing happened there. Yep. The emergency fires are in a place like called Fingal in northeastern Tasmania. Right. Yeah. And the other one was, uh, yeah, near Pelham, which is in the Derwent Valley, but nothing came near me. It just got a bit smoky. Mm. Mm. But nothing like the horrible stuff you've had in Gippsland. Yeah, it's awful. Well, hopefully they're getting some of this rain. Yeah, we can only so, hope. Well, um, Tassie's a beautiful place. Absolutely love it down there. Played yeah. down there a few times with you. You have. Uh, you were my first contact down there, I believe. Um, you and Rod Fritz. I think yeah. on two separate occasions. So uh, how did that happen? I think I spoke with Gareth McDowell at AMR. And I'm like, because I wanted to trek down to Tassie, but I didn't know anyone. I'm like, do you know anyone down in Tassie? And he's like, yep, Josh Derno and Rod Fritz. Yes. And um, the rest is history. <laughs> I do miss the Cider House. Yeah. That yeah. was another venue that disappeared a few week, a few years ago. Yep. So I think that was our first... Uh, gig together down in Tassie with the, was the Cider House. It was fun. Yeah. Mm. And I think you had Rod Fritz's PA that you had brought off him. Was that his old PA? I bought that PA off him um, nine years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool place. That Was was that down there, Salamanca Market? Yeah, Montpellier that- Retreat, yeah. just up. But now I think that Cider House is something I haven't bothered to look. Mm. But, yeah, it is just off. But it, it's funny um, because it had a completely different clientele there. Like usually Salamanca Place on a Friday or Saturday night would have the big cover bands, which mean it'd have a big cover band crowd there and, you know, people who would uh, be concentrating more on getting drunk than listening to music yep. unless they want people to rock on or, you know, bash out a bit of noise works for them or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I – and I'm not going to sound too much like a music snob. I just guess that was the first band that came into my head. Yeah. You know, makes now sense. I've tainted this band for <laughs> – Ever, which is a shame because they had, you know, a great singer and a great late guitarist, mm, you know, yeah. and I actually don't even mind the music. But yep. I guess when I'm thinking of a cover band crowd, they like their convention. Yep. And they like to get on the soup. And mm. we were kind of secluded from that in the side house. It was kind of nice, mm. you know. It was a nice little venue. Yeah. Um, we had a pretty good show there too. Yeah. And whenever you've come down, like – um. You, we've done the homestead. Yep. But that's gone now too. Yeah, you told me that on the way here. That's it's called Little Knees. Little Knees. So still, are they still got music there? Yeah, kind of bluesy, kind of mm. folky, kind of trad, kind of rootsy, kind of. <laughs> yeah, all those in a big kind of. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's a, also a nice venue. So I hope they keep the music going there. Oh, I do too. I don't know an awful lot about it. Mm. Um, haven't really followed it, so, you know, that's my bad. 
Because otherwise, what do you got? The Republic Bar? Yeah, I haven't played a lot at the Republic Bar um, for 10 years. I mean, I used to frequently get some weekday solo gigs there, what, 10 years ago. Then the owner changed and then it was flick me another email, flick me another email. Mm. So, you know, um, I I stopped flicking emails after a while. I started, you know, talking to people who, you know, just answered me. Oh, yeah, sure, come along. Oh, yeah, cool. You know, I, I won't, you know, begrudge people who say flick me an email. It's just the way they like to do things, hey? Yeah. Um, and you got the Brisbane Hotel down there, but mm. definitely not as uh, fortunate as Melbourne to have so many live music venues to choose from. What's your understanding of fortunate, Craig? Uh, well, more op- more opportunity, more places to approach for the opportunity to play. Yeah, true. If- I mean, Melbourne can be a dead end too. You know, you could flick 50 emails to 50 different venues and you might not hear anything. So, And when you're an original artist, um, you are always in a default position of you being the one who needs them. Yes. That's the default. Yep. Now, when you have that as a default, you'll have people who are understanding and think, well, yeah, okay, let's give them a go. Yep. And there'll be people who will cruise back with the attitude saying, oh, yeah, you're the one who needs me. I'm not the one who needs you. I think I'll treat you as I like. <laughs> and we've had experience of that. Yep. But, you know, I, I've actually played a few times at the Briz. It's been good. They've treated me well. So last time you were there, you released a new album. Album. Can we call it an album or a double EP? I kind of cheated. What have we got? Eight songs? Nine. Yeah, one I misprinted. Whoops. <laughs> I, said, I said it's Implant without one of the songs oh, on there. Yeah, right. Oh, well, nine songs. I reckon that's an album. Metallica did a couple of eight album songs. Yeah. But, Sorry, eight song albums. <laughs> but was each song 40 minutes long? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sort of it, it's funny too when I actually listen to some of the um, – earlier what would be called metal because I listened to it and I'm thinking, mm, is this progressive rock? <laughs> you know, but hey, you know, for 1983, yeah, sure, it was metal. It was groundbreaking, yep. you know. you got to respect that. Yeah. But um, that, that has an interesting story, what you're holding there, because the covers are different on each side. Yep. The one that's titled Slash and Burn was an EP, a four-song EP, three years ago. Right. But uh, we didn't really launch it in Hobart. Mm. Yeah, I kind of had a little bit of a very, very long history of kind of being a bit scared of promoting a big thing in Hobart. So I thought, oh, yes, it makes perfect sense to go to a place where no one knows me <laughs> and, and released it there. But, you know, with the new one, which is the tree stump, you know, the welcome to recovery. Um, releasing that, I thought I'd re-release the old EP by just getting the CD from the old single gatefolds, old single sleeve, and putting it in there. Yep. So you've got two set, a double EP. So it is a double EP. It is a double EP. Yeah, okay. But you know, people get a couple of things to listen to, and you know, hopefully enjoy. But um, yeah, I finally managed to get six years of journey into recorded form. Very good. Yeah, six years of personal journey. That, even if nobody hears it, 
is an achievement in itself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's sort of, you have something to say and reflect on and it's there. You yep. shouldn't be worried about getting 100 people in a venue. Get, get one or two who love it. If they love it and you're playing in front of one or two people, but they're jumping around, ridiculous, silly, absolutely loving it, that's just better than 50 to 100 people not paying attention. Well, I've seen you guys do that to people at a couple of our various uh, gigs at the homestead. Good on you because I didn't notice. Yeah, (laughs) I did not notice. (laughs) Too busy dancing around on stage, which you actually do. I but, do um, do that. I jump around all over the place. Yeah. I've caught some pretty good footage from, from the crowd, of the crowd, and of you guys playing. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Thank you. Because, uh, you, you know, you've got a, a good energy up there, the music and the performance, and um, it definitely affects the crowd later so, in the night especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an unfair advantage, but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> It works. It's the perfect sort of music for it. So, um, it's a good chance to not be Josh. Yep. And Josh at the same time. Yeah. That it's weird. You're very Josh. Okay, I'm very Josh. I I can only. That's the stuff that you can only get from a second or third person's point of view. Mm. You never really have a truly honest version of yourself, really, if you're asked to describe yourself. Mm Hmm. And would you like to spend more than five minutes with someone who's very good at describing themselves, you know? Not really. No, me neither. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's legend in their own lunchtime, as I've heard the phrase. So you're front man and songwriter of The Sketches. Yeah, if both titles fit, then sure. Well, I wrote the songs and, yeah, I'm the guy at the front. There so, you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you released... This double EP back in was it November or October? November. And you had a, you had a pretty good crowd at the Brisbane. You said, yeah, we had forty people come. Uh, mm. I, I looked, um, which is a lot for Tassie. <laughs> hey, look, those streets I, are pretty quiet at night. I've seen it. Yeah, uh, look, if I had that many come through um, and listen in Melbourne, I'd be absolutely roll around on the floor, dead set, choke. Choked. Yeah, not choked. Chuffed. Chuffed. That's the word. Chuffed. <laughs> I can't even choked. get my verbs right. No, I wouldn't be choked. No, that's that's terrible. Yeah, chuffed. I'd be chuffed. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it, and it went down well. Yeah. Cool. It, I, it's good when you get a good crowd response and you yeah. can feed off it. The part I really like about your band mm. is Hamish Pike on the violin. That, I like that Hamish dude can Pike. Pay, play. Woo. Yes. He can really play. And it's interesting seeing the quiet man come out and shine with yep. the violin. Yep. I really wanted him to be all over that EP. Mm. Uh, he's great. I think I saw him for the first time when you were playing uh, solo and you might have brought him up with you. Would that be right? I reckon. Like a few years ago before you sort of got the sketches back on track. I'm trying to think back now. Pretty sure you had Hamish with you. Yes. He might have jumped up for a few songs. Um, yeah, and now he's obviously a big part of the band as well. He is. It's an interesting existence with Hamish in that 
he lives up in Westbury, which is in the north of the state, um, which is about 30 kilometres out of Launceston. And he lives his life up there, you know, works at a local supermarket, um, plays a lot of music, teaches violin. Um, his wife, Joanne, um, gifted watercolour artist and harpist. Right. Yeah. And um, when he comes down, it's great when he can come down. But, of course, because he lives, you know, over 200 kilometres away, it's that much harder to get him to come to Hobart. Yeah. And it's a big ask of him. Yes. Yep. But um, there have been times when I've gone up to play in Launceston. The whole band hasn't gone up and played in Launceston yet. But what I've done is I've met Hamish. Okay. Got a solo spot. Oh, yeah. Can I bring Hamish along? Hamish? Yeah, okay, whatever. And so I've taken Hamish along, but I can do just the single acoustic guitar, my voice and him. Yep. And create a different version. Now, we don't have the whole band up in up north, but then I'm thinking, well, hang on. There's two versions that exist of the same thing. Is that really that bad? No, it's good. I think so. And He's less inhibited by having a big, big band around him too, and so mm. he can cut loose more. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's interesting. We're a band that have, geez, we need to write a science fiction show about our band and call it Doctor Who <laughs> because we've had so many incarnations, you yeah. know. Went from a folk rock thing finding its feet and called it folk rock because I guess I was put into the hole, the pigeonhole of plain folk because I sang and played an acoustic guitar. Mm. Therefore, da-da-da-da-da-da, folk. Yeah, (laughs) all right, I guess it's folk. I've got no folk in my music collection, but fair enough, I play folk. (laughs) Then I was playing electric guitar and singing loudly over the top with drums and bass and everything. So I guess it made it rock, folk rock, rock folk, folk folk, (laughs) rock, folk, whatever. But then, you know, line-up change acoustic trio for a while and then dave re-entered the band on the skins so you got dave dixon on drums who's Correct. just sort of come back into the fold well He's about been a year in ago for over a year now yeah but he brings a lot in terms of ideas and passion and organizing things and he's a creative force in his own right yeah looks like he's got a good energy uh as a person but as a drummer which makes it Good. Yeah, he's smart, <laughs> he's energetic, yeah. he's clever, and he yeah. likes to offer. And you got Mark Wookie Gunton on bass. Wookie's Wookie. Wookie Wookie. He's a great bass player, but he's a walking um, comedy. Yep. He did just brilliant walking comedy. Love Wook to Bits. So you recorded, mixed, and mastered this with Michael Shelley at the Green Room in Hobart. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first part of the EP was 2013. For a little while. Have you ever tried to record an EP <laughs> with three lineup changes happening in a three year period? Well, maybe that's why I'm a solo artist at the moment. Other for the, people for, are for the most part. Well, it's hard to, you know, it's not always about that, but yeah, sometimes it is. But mm. it's a scheduling thing. Yes. Sometimes, which can be a bit, um, a bit, bit of a, uh, a drainer and. Stop things in its tracks. Yep. And you're not lining up the ducks in a row. You're herding cats. Yep. <laughs> and they have minds of their own. And they have lives of their own, to be fair. Yes. You know, I'm not going to knock someone for making a decision that, you know, I'd probably make myself. Yep. 
Yep. So what's on the cards this year? Are you bringing the band back to Melbourne, do some shows? Now that is fascinating <laughs> because there's a plan to travel with the band, but things take left turns with people. The at the Hobo Fopo Festival. It's amazing who you might bond with. I um there's a band in Wellington called Departure Party. And um their singer uh slash songwriter, um, Jojo came over and played at Hobo Fopo in Hobart. But uh we can you, can you say that again? Hobo Fopo in Hobart. <laughs> Hobart's original folk and punk orgy, Hobo Fopo. Right. But um, he played his music, you know, and, um, yeah, we bonded with him immediately. And I, like, you know, he watched us play. We watched him play. I took a photo of him, uh, painted him, not actually apply paint to him, but painted a picture of him and sent him a photo of it. He liked it. We kind of made it um, onto a little um, video that they made about their future plans. He said, oh, there was a band called The Sketches, yeah. Oh, did they draw? Well, yes, he actually painted a picture of me. It was nice. And, hey, it's great too because he was just so open. Yes, sometimes you meet people who are very open and honest how they approach and all of us really enjoyed meeting Jojo. So, you know, we might head over to, you know, Wellington. Cool. And if I think plane rides are bumpy Mm. here. Yeah. You're entering a new kind of Armageddon when you're landing in Wellington. Yeah, but you've been to New Zealand fairly recently in the last few years, haven't you? A total of six times in my lifetime, but yeah. Piece of cake. Ah, yeah, sure. I'll land somehow. (laughs) Then I'll be glad I've landed. Safely. Yes. So where did the name The Sketches come from? You just touched on it then a little bit. My habit of drawing. Yep. And it started because when I was a... just uh, doing the solo thing, I tried to see if I could draw song titles because there'd be something visual. Um, And I wouldn't be copying anything. I really didn't know how to draw. I just had images in my head and I tried to draw them. Like I wrote a song called Lolly Shop and it had me handing over a whole heap of money with one hand and my a whole heap of lollies in front of the other hand and one of the lollies is black with a skull of crossbones on it and my finger's pointing to that one. <laughs> Trying to, it sounds uber pretentious when I'm actually using uber as an exaggerator is pretentious enough, but, you know, it sounds super pretentious when I'm actually describing it like that. But I tried to have images in my head and I tried to put it there to make a song visual. So I guess the sketches, there we go. We also get confused for a band in Pakistan. <laughs> Is that the sketches? No, the sketches. Oh, sketches, okay. And so I don't know, we might be sued by a bunch of Pakistanis one <laughs> oh, day. Oh, shit. Um, I don't know, whatever. Um, not that I have anything against people from Pakistan, but just there might be a bunch of them who sue us. We could probably sue them back. I'm not sure. I don't know how it works. Depends who formed first, maybe. 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 We haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any real notoriety. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe when we, um, you know, rocket up the charts somewhere in Lahore. Yep. Uh, <laughs> then, you know, there might be an issue. Careful what you wish for. Yeah. I don't know. It could be worse. I could be giving out 
you know, Jarford, me and Dad, LBW <laughs> in Lahore, that's something that would cost me my life. Maybe, I don't know. Well, there's a name I haven't heard for for quite a while. No. It goes which, back to my old cricket days. Uh, my old cricket days too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a mouthy little fella, wasn't he? Well, yeah. let's keep moving on. Wow, there you go. So, yeah, when um, while you're playing, Josh will be busy with a pad and a pen in the crowd drawing a picture of you generally. I try to. And then he'll uh, give it to you after the after you set and you're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Oh. So you've done that for me for a few times, actually. And others. Mm, yeah. That's, um, how can I put it? A step beyond paying attention. And if someone is kind enough to play a gig with me, Maybe offering them just that bit more than a gig. Um, you ever um, ever played a gig with someone and it's quite clear that the person you're playing a gig with really doesn't give a crap about you? Yeah. You don't feel good. Yeah. You're glad the gig's over. Mm. Whereas conversely, it's nice when someone does show that they care about you and they're considerate. and hey, they might even enjoy your music and you might enjoy theirs. That makes for a really good night. Um, I find I can enjoy more music if I sit and draw them and pay attention and a lot of people are appreciative. Yeah. If they were to be, oh, yeah, whatever, then I wouldn't bother doing it again. Mm. Um, I'd like to think that, you know, if I play a gig with someone, I can offer that bit more or even as a spectator. Spectator, whoops, punter, <laughs> just watching. Yeah, I could offer that, you know, um, just just a little something. It takes a little bit of thought, a little bit of effort, but you know, like most things, you don't need to make that much effort and that much thought. Well, you've always been pretty pretty kind to me. Like you'll uh, pick me up from the airport, offer me a place to stay, well, take, take me out for dinner, drive me to the gig, drive me back. So and then to the airport again. So that's you know. Yeah, but I'm, I've also received a lot of kindness, Craig. Mm. So I had people do things for me that I never asked for, mm. ever. Um, and you know, what do you do? Do you just take it and forget about it, or do you try to be kind to someone else? You remember that you know, fortune smiled on you once. Someone was kind. So you know. Carry on their example, so to speak. Mm. It's also too, you know, when you think of the better people who you've met in life, you think they're pe- people to be like, you know. So I guess mm. it's what I like to do. I mean, I've had people help me out with gigs as well. You've been very kind tonight, you know. Had a lovely, lovely meal. Um, Tahani was lovely in preparing it as well. I've mm. got to give her a nod over the oh yeah podcast. That wasn't me. No, but it was amazing <laughs> of her to do it. And I, I set the table, though. So, well, Excellent. You set the yeah, table. That was about it. And she made a wonderful meal. Yep. You've both contributed, <laughs> you know, and I've been interviewed over a podcast. I've never been podcast before. Yeah. No, I've been in a community radio with someone who doesn't know me at all yep. interviewing me, which is an interesting experience compared mm. to you, who I know quite well by now, mm. you know. Well, you've got a guitar sitting next to you there. Do you want to play a song? Sure, I could. Yeah. All right. Gonna... This one's titled Welcome to Recovery. Okay. Now, this, um, this is off the 
first part of the new EP, track number one. Should I tilt the mic down? I'm just so going to pause hear- for a sec and I'm going to set mm. up the mic for Josh. Okay. All right. This is Welcome to Recovery by Josh Derno. Take it away, Josh. I've started paving my own road Running my own race I've learned to carry my own load Run at my own pace The deeds and words of those that Made you what you are The good advice you heard That helped you come so far My legs are tired, my feet are sore But my quest has been worthwhile The things I heard, the things I saw No longer cramp my style The hindsight experts are not hard to leave behind So open-hearted to all those who fits their kind I'll be an old man Before I'm taken by surprise So many have so much to say So I'll just listen with my eyes One might marvel at these words of mine But I should be smarter now You've only met me at this point When I'm wise but far from proud An edited account of my imperfect tale I didn't come here with intent To sit and tell I'll be an old man Before I believe that I'm wise I temper my bare soul With a well-taught need for a disguise Welcome to recovery Be late Discovery Maybe I have found my dream In my hands Without shine Without summit Just a solid Real thing A solid Real thing A solid Real thing solid real thing a 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 solid real thing 
Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Josh, for doing that. Oh, no. Well, thank you. When did you write that one? I wrote that one probably later, late 2014. Yep. Yep. I wrote it. Uh, it it's, a, it's, a, it's the theme of the EP. It was the song at the time, mm. but it's the theme of the EP, just... Um, a series of songs about recovery. Yep. You know, it's a. Uh, I, I I've had a checkered past. Um, before you knew me, and before a lot of people knew me. There's two kinds of friends: people who knew me before 2014, and people who knew me after. And you know, I'm quite happy for that cutoff point to be there. It's better than just staggering through life. If I can say I turned a page, I can feel good about that. That, that that would have been about when I met you too, 2014. Yeah, <laughs> to think about it beforehand, I don't know. You or other people, I don't know if, you know, they could have tolerated me All because, right. yeah, well, I stopped drinking. Yeah. And from my point of view anyway, life is easier. Yeah. Now I don't drink. Yeah. You know. Well, that's a good segue to what I wanted to talk to you about next, which is your running, okay. your marathon running. Half marathons, I never actually run a full one. Right. But, yeah, sorry to make that correction. I don't want to be rude to people who've pounded the whole 42K. Mm. But, yeah, please. Yeah, well, you've been doing that a few years now. Obviously, uh, a health-conscious thing as well as your diet that you follow as well. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <sighs> it's weird. Sometimes I wonder if it's sort of like I lead this spartan monkish existence to keep everything from falling apart yeah um but other times i'm thinking no it comes naturally now okay you know and because it comes naturally um it's it's a lifestyle now but i had to be healthy i had to be less angry Mm -hmm. i had to give myself you know, have more to offer as a person, you know. Um, I didn't have much to offer as a person when I was getting drunk, um, being out late, um, trying to drag people to gigs and trying to stagger around finding the next Mrs. Josh, which that's not a good (laughs) time to... You know, look, look, put it this way, you get what you set out <laughs> to get. Right. Um, which is not meaningful, but really thinking back on it, not even enjoyable. Right. You know, it's just uh, – and that's, a, that's another thing too. I mean, when you're relying on, you know, being drunk to stop yourself from feeling sad um, – People are sources of amusement to you. You know, it's not just about drinking or anybody with any kind of vice. People are just sources of amusement to you. Mm. They're just people to make you feel better about yourself. So did you just get sick of that whole thing and is that what sort of turned you onto a new? Nah, nah, a pivotal moment maybe that I won't put on this podcast. Right. But I knew. I needed to change, and the decision to not drink was instant. I 
knew what I had to do. Gets a bit tiring too, I think. Uh, yeah, tiring, but also brings all the anxieties and yeah. brings a slew of people that you shouldn't be around. And hey, I fully own decisions that I made. Yeah. You know, but well, if you're around people who aren't good for you all the time, you are not going to be making good decisions either. So I, I think it's perfectly fine to say that, you know, you take responsibility for what you choose to do, but say that the environment is also a factor. But hey, you can choose your environment. Yeah. When you choose a healthier environment, you find it easier to make better decisions. And a running environment for me is one of those environments, you know? Did that come almost straight away? Like, is that what you sort of turned to straight away? I started by just doing more bushwalking. Yeah. Because I thought, I've got a weekend here. I haven't done that bushwalk. Yeah, I think I'll head out and try this. I took heaps of photos. Mm. It was fun. I liked it, but... Did you go by yourself? I did, oddly. Yeah. Um, but, hey, I thought, well, why not? I've got nothing to lose. And I, it's funny because, you know, usually... Because I had a bit to be ashamed about and stuff like that. And usually that stuff just kind of hovers with you mm. and stays with you for a long time. I thought, no, no. I'm going to do I'm going to put steps in place. Because when you put steps in place, you can achieve certain things. I mean, even a year later, things can still be raw in your head, but you've put things later. But I decided after a year, I wouldn't have anyone to apologize to. When it's raw, you, you have people to apologize to, sure. Mm. After a year, no. You can't pick a beef with me because in response to that, I've actually changed something. Take that as my apology. But after that, no. I don't owe anybody anything except, you know, people who've been very kind. Yep. I feel indebted to them. Mm. I don't feel indebted to people who begrudge me. Mm. I feel indebted to people who've been kind to me and especially those who've been kind when I haven't deserved it. Fair enough. The running came after the bushwalking. I came for, I started running even when doing, you know, drinking, smoking, eating bad food, being out late at night and um, not behaving in a very great way towards women. Um, but I'd have guilt trips to the gym on the treadmill. Somehow I could run through 10K uninterrupted. Oh. Yeah. I did um, City Casino when I wasn't very fit, like, Early, as early ago as nine years ago. But um, with this, I uh, thought, oh, these runs on the treadmill at the gym and these bushwalks, yeah, how about I enter a fun run? They can count towards something. So entered the City Casino Fun Run 2014 and have been steadily running ever since. So how far was that fun run? Was that 11K. F- yeah, which is still, it's a lot. For someone who's not used to running, it's an effort. But yeah. for some reason, I've never been fast, but I can run a distance, I guess. Mm. The two, actually, City Casino, the two nicest moments I've had in runs. Uh, the first, when I finished, I uh, finished and my mother and father were there with my little niece, Stella, who was only 18 months old at the time. 
She was just in front of the finish line. I saw her there, went over, gave her a kiss, then crossed the finish line. I loved it. Cool. The second time, my sister, it was funny. A couple of months beforehand, my sister sent me a surprise text. I don't know what I'm doing, but I've just entered this. Can you help train me? <laughs> for the, And I'd done a bit of running by then. So for the 7K, and I, I ran it with her. Um, enjoyed every last second. Cool. And Is she, she, found- she still doing it? Uh, look, my sister's journey with fitness is different in that she likes doing Metafit. She likes doing F45, and she gets a lot out of it. So, hey, if that's something that you enjoy doing and you feel like you're making a difference to your life, do that. Who cares if you don't run a step, mm. really? But it's something that's very meaningful to me. So do you do it with a fair bit of ease? We, like when you first started, I mean, you said you were on the treadmill first, but were you surprised that you were able to do 11Ks, I guess, fairly easily? Like was that pretty easy for you? Uh, no. Um, after 4K, I had the mother of all poo pains when I was running <laughs> up a hill. But I don't know. I've just imagined. Yeah, I know. It was horrible. But I was going to push through it. I just imagined that to be a really obnoxious person who I have nothing to do with anymore. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yep, that person is a shit. Oh, man. But I'm not going to let that shit defeat me. Yeah. But when I went downhill, everything eased up. Okay. Yeah, I know. It was a relief, let me tell you that. I think running helps with that. I remember that in primary school I was scared of using the toilets. Yeah, So well, instead I'd, I'd run around the fitness track. So I think that worked. Okay. My memory's a little foggy, but uh, I, I do remember yeah. to an extent. Running's weird in that, like, well, for one thing, um, I think that the old cross countries that you have at school have a lot to answer for. I'm not a PE teacher, but I have seen someone, I mean, this is funny because this person can be rather um, difficult um, in, in my dealings with her sometimes, but. She's actually quite good at teaching PE. So, you know, credit given where credit's due, you know, a swimming carnival is an aquatic carnival. There are fun activities as well as races. I'm thinking, yeah, good. Make it an easier thing. And cross country will be the cross country, but I've always thought that a cross country at school level should be a fun run and walk. The ones who want to run and have the eyes on the prize, yeah, let them run. The ones who just want to do a walk a lap of the course, maybe put a ribbon around their wrist give out first, second, third for the first walkers and make the emphasise participation and going and enjoying a walk with friends. Imagine if everyone did that every day. Mm. I find it impossible not to walk to places in Melbourne, but Hobart, people are closer by, people in their cars more because there's not a lot of public transport. Yeah. and kids these days will often find themselves on devices or inside mm. rather than running around outside. Mm. You need to have kids, you know, get them playing football or cricket or running around after something, chasings, and if there's an argument or a fight over something, well, that's part of growing up, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's good for them. So I don't know if you want to go into this, but your profession is sort of in that area. So do you have a I bit teach. of an influence? Yeah, you're a teacher. I am. Yeah. Grade three, four. 
Grade three, I was last year, my role changed. I was on a class for a grade three, four. Yeah. So by on a class, you know, when you have uh, Mr. Harris or whoever it is who starts you at the beginning of the day and puts the maths on the board, then the spelling, he has you all day. Right. As you do in primary school. You yep. go to different classrooms or in high school. Mm. Yep, yep. And but for the other two days a week, I'd be teaching STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. That's the acronym, STEM. Oh, okay. And I found that kids would enjoy STEM a lot more. Didn't have anywhere remotely near the issues with behaviour. They're just very absorbed. Let's face it, if you're fitting a battery to wires to a motor, putting some wheels on the bottom of a bit of cardboard and trying to make a car, I guess you'd feel that a bit more enjoyable than other things you'd learn in a conventional classroom. Mm. And I try to make things. Yeah, you've got to have some routine too. I try to make things a bit more enjoyable, but in a class with the same personalities day in, day out, kids tire, and it's not novelty. But STEM was 40 minutes a week for them, so they pop in, have their short class. Mm. It's a novelty. Novelty's refreshing, and they pop out again. Do you encourage a bit of physical exercise with the kids? But like, I can't remember how primary Once school works exactly. Once but, I did. I take yeah. them outside for a game as a reward for the week. But guess okay. what? This is how much things have changed. For a lot of kids, a game outside is not necessarily a reward. Yeah, yeah. It was back in my day. Are you kidding? Back Going in my out- day, just to get outside was a reward. Yeah. Um, are you kidding? Friday afternoon dodgeball? Yeah. Or a kick of the footy? Yeah. I discovered that doing some relief teaching of a high school class for PE like 13 years ago. Kids were just sitting at the side. They just didn't want to join in. I say, hey, we're playing a game. What's wrong with you? <laughs> just not interested. I was staggered. Fair enough. It, but I, I don't know. It was a, it was a, it's funny how we have our own mind our own assumptions and other people have their own assumptions. Like, and, you know, because it's because of my assumptions that I think, excuse me, don't you like enjoying yourself? Now, the answer with some kids is, well, no. (laughs) Their default is not really enjoying themselves, but you can dig beyond that thinking, well, no, they enjoy different things. Mm. And it's that simple. It's the same reason why there's music you don't like. It's the same reason why there's movies you don't like. It's the same reason Mm. why there's activities you don't like. So if there's differences between adults, then surely there's differences between an adult and a child. Yeah. Or back in our day. (laughs) And now, our day doesn't relate to them. No. Because time is time and time moves on. Time has changed a lot since then. Well, time was always going to change. Is school different? Oh, that's a silly question. But when you're a student to now that you're a teacher, has like has it changed a lot in your? Depends what you're talking about. Yeah, like I'm glad that the method for teaching maths changed because mm. it didn't change for about thirty years. Mm. You know, learning 
times tables. Did you do oh, that? maths. Ones, two is two. Vomit. Two, two is a four. Yeah. Three, two is a six. Mm. What I did is I sort of like, um, you can imagine your hands. I'm doing this to a guy in his 30s, but oh well. You know, I go, <laughs> how I'm still many? a beginner, trust me. But, you know, I'd sort of, how many hands is he holding up to? How many fingers on each hand? Five. He's holding up two hands. Five fingers on each hand. The answer is two times five is... Get sued for copyright. (laughs) But, you know, that's dorky. Yep. But a tad more engaging. Might be more effective. Well, yeah, and other things, the blocks have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what can you tell me? How much is that? One, two, three, four, five. Good. Can you make another five? Can you show me what two fives are? How much in two fives? One, two, three, four. Oh, hang on, stop. You know that's five. Can't you just count on from five and start at six? Try that. Mm. Something that's... You've lost me. Uh, (laughs) Rather than just recite some facts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Get kids to have something in their hands yeah. that's more immediate, meaningful, and maybe flicks a switch in their brain that otherwise, when we went to school, was only switched on by rote learning. Mm. And if you didn't learn whatever you were taught when we were kids, then we were lazy, weren't we? Yes, we were. I yes, actually yes I a- was. Oh, were you? <laughs> yeah. Were you lazy or was it just not relevant to you? Well, I was more active, so I liked the sports and stuff like that. Mm. Couldn't do the brain work so much. It's funny how you say that because there are people who are active who use their brains all the time. Mm. I was easily distracted maybe. Were you easily distracted because you found a classmate more entertaining than a dull, laborious class? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't relevant to you. No. You know, and was that um, (laughs) easy distraction? Was that a primary school thing, a high school thing? (laughs) Both, Both? Okay, so you're an active kid. You'd be glad you didn't have me in your class. Um, Why so? Uh, Let's not get into it. Okay. Were you a bit of a malicious kid (laughs) or did you just not want to be inside? Hang on, I'm under the microscope here, aren't I? No, <laughs> not really. Because yeah. if you're under the microscope, I'd be judging you. Mm. You got me. One, you got me thinking back to those early days. Now it's a bit. It's a bit foggy. A bit foggy. That's okay. You can put me under the microscope again if you like. Because <laughs> like, I'm changing my role to kind of be a support <laughs> teacher. Yeah. So alternate ways of teaching people is different. Yeah. Another thing that I haven't ever revealed to you, but was a revelation, you know, November 2018. I'm actually on the autism spectrum. Okay. So I'm going to be working with kids that are affected by disabilities, but I actually have a disability myself. Right. The only reason why that might not immediately occur to a lot of people, aside from maybe looking a bit odd sometimes, is because I've got 40 years of life behind me. Mm. Very, very different when you're a child who's struggling to cope. I did all kinds of weird things, you know. 
Noni Hazelhurst was on play school and she saw something funny and she chuckled and just made a sound like, hmm. Well, guess who was going around going, hmm, 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 <laughs> copying it. Yeah. I'd actually get anxious if I didn't do it. Right. I used to lose my temper really easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Got very obsessed. I, I remembered trivia. I spoke in this weird, stupid, upper-class English accent when I was a kid. <laughs> it's just unimaginable <laughs> now because now sometimes I I don't know. I mean, I speak in a way that's probably unlike the way how a lot of people speak, but you can hear me speak and you can identify an Australian. Yes. Not then, but that was because I didn't have 40 years of life behind me. But, you know, it has it enables me to run, enables me to draw and paint, enables me to play guitar, enables me to learn another language. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that sometimes with large groups of people, I find social, socialising a bit difficult. And with expectations of people and communication, I can definitely find that difficult and get rather anxious. You know, other things... I've just, I haven't picked them up. I've studied them and learned them. But, you know, um, yeah, so that's me under the microscope for you. There you go. Mm. Well, thank mm. you for being honest. Oh, well, you know me. I wasn't going to be dishonest with no, you. No, that's why I was looking forward to getting you on the show. So. <laughs> Great. Have you had people lie on the show before? I guess you wouldn't know, would you? No, I wouldn't know. No. But probably. You mean pick up thinking, ah, yes, right, okay, I can't wait for this show to finish because <laughs> your BS detector is going overdrive or? No, look, I'm not focusing on, I'm just letting people talk and mm-hmm. say what they want to say, so. Sure. Yeah. That's good. The best interviewers do it. Thank you. Okay. Well, if that's what you want to call me. <laughs> nah. Have you seen any of Steve Jones's interviews with no. Jonesy's Jukebox? No. Nah. Guitarist of the Sex Pistols. Yeah. He interviews on radio shows in LA nowadays. Okay. They're on YouTube. They're interesting enough. Yeah. He's a 65-year-old man now. Yeah. So there's a lot of life that's gone by since the Sex Pistols. Yeah, a lot of experience and might have to check it out, actually. Yeah, he's had some very harrowing experiences from his childhood that sadly define what he is at 65 years of age Yeah, um, and talks about it rather casually, but he's talking about some things that are actually very, very sad. Mm. But it is what it is. So does he talk to people or is he just talking himself? Talks to rockers. Yeah, okay. You should hear Billy Corgan. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how Billy, many, Billy, Billy. How many of these theories that he has are proven? I'm going to get in trouble, aren't I? Why? You hit a button. I'm saving it, just making sure I don't stuff up the recording. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, having said that, probably this irrelevant person from Tasmania is about to be sued by Billy Corgan. Who knows? But I just thought- Well, if he's he... tuning in, that's cool. Yeah, I guess so, <laughs> eh, Billy Corgan? I don't know. How many of these theories of his are proven? I'd be hoping that rather than sue me, he'd argue with me. They'd get entertaining. Hmm. When people actually bothered to argue with you. Yep. You know, but he's interviewed other people before. Yeah. Um, Liam, other interviews, not necessarily run by Brian, jo- uh, by Steve Jones. Um, 
Liam Gallagher interviews pretty well. He's quite funny. Mm. Uh, Gary Newman um, interviews very well. Um, I saw Anthony Kiedis speak before Big Day Out 20 years ago. He didn't interview so well. I don't know. Maybe he was on Neptune or something at the time. <laughs> Quite possible. <laughs> I don't know. He was talking about Flea coming to stay at his house in his doctor's room. Right. So he has a doctor living there. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, it's not a conventional lifestyle. Right. But he's not a conventional person. That's handy, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite a lot of ground. Um, you asked me about the running. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to know about? <laughs> uh, well, no, I think we've covered a fair bit of ground, as you say. Base is loaded. Yep. Cool. I hope everyone enjoys today's chat. Yeah, it was a good one. Thank I you for it. being on the show, Josh. Not a problem. As I said, I'm glad we could do this in person. And Yeah, my word. Um, it just so happened you were coming to Melbourne and... Bang, hook up a hook up an episode. So yes, thank you for being honest and uh sp- spilling your guts, dare I say. No, no. <laughs> I don't feel very emotional about it now. Mm-hmm. The water's gone under the bridge and everything that was is. Yep. And that's that. I feel fine about it to be honest. Yep. Well it sounds like a good place to be, so it took forty de- four decades, but yeah. oh well. Yep. Yeah. Better late than never. Well, it's not even late. No. You're one of those guys that'll live to 90 or something, I reckon. Plus, I've never seen someone so young pull off the flat cap style so well. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I don't have much hair underneath, mate. <laughs> I say taking off my hat on a non-visual medium. But- yeah. After, uh, after a song on stage, uh, the, the bow without the hat. Uh, what do you call that? What what is that when you sort of bow and take your hat off? Is that got a tipping my hat? I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird because I just play some solo songs early and just finish and go. You know, just just be playing and go. Yep, it's great. I love it. I and it became a habit. Yep. I guess it's a good cue. Yep. You know, asking people to applaud. Who to thank? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Josh. Not a problem, mate. Nice to speak to you again. Thank you, Craig. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, everyone. This was Fox on the Wire. This was Fox on the Wire. See you again soon. Bye. Would you like a coffee? I would like a coffee. Do you want some coffee? Yeah, sure, later. Do you want a coffee bag? Uh, only use it when... <laughs> Once. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can refill that. Uh, no, you, you can't. You get a couple of uses out of that tea bag. Oh, Coffee bag. God, my mum's identifying as a man and her name's Craig. <laughs> <laughs>